We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski. Welcome into season two of the show. We started season one last July. <laughs> that was smart. That was smart. Everybody says, don't start a podcast in July. And I said, watch me. And it worked. I'm rolling with my new all-time favorite, the Rainstorm Peach nectarine, all-time favorite. Yeah, you've been talking about that one for a while. Hey, speaking of, I know we're, you're going to talk about rain in a second, but, yep. you know, rain, a monster entity. So I got a hold of the monster Unleash the Beast beers on vacation. Right. That's where it's Good at. Good stuff, huh? Yeah, it's uh, more like a seltzer, I guess, you know, the way I describe it. And But the flavors, they have a peach that tastes identical to, oh. to the rainstorm to me what's the abv in those do you know six six percent um, okay yeah six, it was it was stout <laughs> they were stout um i had i had partaken in a couple and i realized man that's pretty it's pretty strong stuff so six percent um i had they have a a if you know what the monster zero ultra flavor is that's the uh sugar-free white can they have a flavor like that they have a traditional flavor they have a berry flavor. Um, that's that was Bob's favorite, and then the peach. And I part partook in all of them. It was, oh, a, okay. it was a sample pack um, of twelve, I think. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> well, I think, it was, I think it was twelve. I don't remember, but uh, it was good stuff. So once again, for uh, season two, we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, three hundred milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals check them out on instagram at rain body fuel to learn more please reach out to them on instagram too let them know that um you got turned on to them through this show and 
thank him for getting the product wherever you are. Uh, my son Carson was telling me today he saw saw some rain at a place where he had not seen it before. So he was he was jacked up about that. Yeah, they're rolling out pretty good. Even even our guys here at Kroger did a front has a front cabinet of it now. So, oh, uh, you watch out. See, better watch out. When you make it on Kroger, man, you make it anywhere. You make it anywhere. All right. Um, so right after we left, I was driving. So we we finished up on Thursday. That yep. was two weeks ago. Um, and I was driving to Alabama, and our good friend Cole Kublet calls me. He says, "Hey," he goes, "Man, that's a funny story." I said, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> he goes, "That story about about Coach Saban," and I was like, "Oh," I was like, "Man, I hadn't said anything recently." He goes, "Yeah, I just saw it on Twitter." And I was like, okay, I thought somebody may have retweeted something. I didn't know. Well, then I guess somebody that I don't follow on social media uh, got our TikTok and re- basically retweeted the TikTok of the Coach Saban airport story. Yes. Golf Digest picks it up. I saw that. Runs an article. I saw that. They still think I'm coaching at South Alabama, but it's okay. <laughs> um, so that was an opportunity to correct them. Yeah, I don't. I, that'll see, that's more, you're the journalist. You should have done that. So I don't, I don't want to show people up as no it was me i don't know i think that's petty um outkick picked it up as well as barstool picked it up so um look at you neil you done made it to barstool man <laughs> i tell you what speaking of uh was it barstool or out it's outkick see where riley Gaines? i did not i just saw it in the in the, in the yeah riley Gaines. riley Gaines got hired at outkick people can say what they want about outkick it's growing by leaps and bounds. I guess they don't. They're not, they're not sponsored by Bud Light, are they? <laughs> they're not. <laughs> but good for Riley. Um, you know, when she first started her, I don't know what's the word I would use, just standing up for herself. Yeah, a crusade, maybe. I don't know campaign. I don't know what the word would be. Whatever the word would be, I would put in a positive light. I asked her to come on the show. She did. Um, she was great. I told her when it was over, I said, you're really good at this. I kind of thought she was headed in a political direction. And so for her to end up taking a media direction in modern media is interesting. She'll do extremely well. She's very, very bright. Um, very articulate. She'll do, she'll do super. So I was, I was super excited for her. Yeah, I did not see that, but that's awesome. I, I think uh, I wish there was more people standing up, you know, for that. Feels like it's the same, you know, more females were would join that crusade. Yeah, I mean, I wish I, I do too. You know, it's interesting. Number number one, it doesn't. Who wins a beauty pageant is in the whole scheme of things is completely unimportant. But you know, it's funny. It was. It made a bunch of headlines on, I guess, Saturday or whatever day I woke up and saw it. But a biological male won Miss Netherlands. Okay. Quit. I've not heard this. Yes. I've been unplugged. I'm jealous of being unplugged. Are um, you serious? Yes. Quit. And so... <laughs> I the, don't know who the judges are. <laughs> this, per, this person <clears throat> wins, wins and the other... Contestants who failed to win and therefore can't advance to the Miss Universe pageant, which I'm guessing there's work that goes into being pageant ready, and I, I don't know. 
beats me. Don't know. Don't want to ever know. But I'm guessing. They're all female, of course. And so I said to my wife, I said, you know what gets me about all this? I said, because, I mean, I don't care. Like, who wins Miss Netherlands, right? Nope. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. It's hard for me to look at you straight. No, I'm being totally serious for a minute. I don't care who wins Miss Netherlands. Does it matter? I mean, I didn't know they were even having a competition. If you had not told me, hey, guess what? Miss Netherlands got crowned last night. I would have never known there was even a Miss Netherlands. I've missed you, Neil. <laughs> but what I told her was, the people that are losing the spot here, it's not a bunch of guys. It's it's women. I'm surprised more women aren't upset about women losing. Like Megan Rapinoe, who yes. is conveniently about to retire from professional soccer, one of the one of the best American women's soccer players ever. She says very courageously, Megan says that, you know, I would have been okay with a a trans athlete, biological male playing on the U.S. women's soccer team. Well, it's easy for you to say now, Megan, as you're about to walk out the door as in your early 30s, but would you have said that at 18 if a bunch of biological males had said, hey, we're women? (laughs) Are you a lion still? <laughs> right? I mean, if a bunch of if a bunch of guys who weren't good enough to play on the on the US men's national yeah. team said, "Hey, you know what? We're not good enough to play with them, but if we pretended to be women or identified as women and just put on a different shirt, I wish you hadn't told me this. They could play. <laughs> I mean, where See, so to me, I I say I said I said to my wife yesterday we were talking about this. I said what bothers me about this is not it's that women won't stand up to it. Because look, men aren't losing spots, right? I mean, there's nobody that plays on the You don't see a female golfer trying to make the PGA tour. Well, I mean, no As a matter of wo- fact, you remember when Annika Sorenston yeah. thought she was going to didn't make the cut. No no woman is going to go play third base for the Cubs, right? I mean, there, there's, there might be 80 men competing for it, but no woman is going to go win the third base job in a, at a major league team. No women, no biological women are taking men's jobs. Right. Well, that's what's about to happen in women's sports. It's, it's happening. And now it's happening in beauty pageants, which, again, I'm just guessing. I wish you had not have told me that. I'm, I, I wish I could have gone – I mean, I almost, if you hadn't told me that, I'm pretty sure I would have made it my whole life without knowing that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you've got to be shitting me. Are you, is this a joke? No, I'm totally serious. Look it up. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> God, what are we doing? What are we? <laughs> I just quit. Did you hear about the one that they, uh, <laughs> is there another one? Yeah, the motorcyclist who identifies as a bicyclist and he just broke all the records. Quit. <laughs> no, no, you bullshit. That was bullshit. Uh, all right. Um, got to see. Uh, got to see some. Uh, I was telling you beforehand. I got to be careful of what I say on the podcast because um, we got rained out on Saturday. We played like two innings. Oh, actually, rain, not rained. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Actual rain out. Of the precipitation. Sky. Out precipitation out of the sky. Out of the sky. And there was going to be like a three-hour delay or two-hour delay, and we were getting our teeth kicked in. We we're out of pitching. The team we're playing, we played this uh, the Memphis Tigers, probably the second best baseball team we've played. Okay, not counting the national team, <laughs> yeah, but they're the best normal team we've played. Crushing, just they had a dude that just like Juan Soto was murking the ball. I'm talking about 
And uh, one of our pitchers got pissed at one of our guys for not like catching the ball. I said, "Hey, I said you mm-hmm. cannot, you can't complain that he didn't catch it when it went off his bat at one fifteen. One fifteen. We're not winning. Anyway. We're not. I mean, oh, yeah. look, let's just you know don't don't throw it bat and practice chest high. We're good. But anyway, um, saw saw a guy that listens to our show and said, uh, <laughs> "Got to be careful what I say." I guess he says, "I know exactly who you were talking about." We were talking about that kid. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I showed it to my son. I was like, oh, great. Well, I guess he knows now. So, no, but I, I thought uh, we only had one incident, really, in the last two weeks. I had We had an asshole from Michigan. We played a team from Michigan that um, legit pissed me off. Like, I was in a, a normal – it was a Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, dude. I had to get up <laughs> – I had to leave the house at 6.30, not in a good mood. One of our kids ran over one of their kids, okay. the first baseman. It was a shitty throw. They came up with the bag. Our guy's trying to get out of the way, and he ran over the kid. Okay. Not on purpose. Right. It was a, a true collision. It happens. Coach going ape shit. Their, right. their coach? Their coach. Up to the point where he almost gets thrown on the game. And he comes walking by me, and he's like, because oh, we were getting beat six to nothing, and they were terrible. And it wasn't because <laughs> we're terrible, too. We're the third worst team ever put on the planet. Uh, behind the Oxford Orioles, they're number one. <laughs> the seven, they're, they're number one. We're number three, and then we've actually won some games. So anybody that we've beaten this year goes in that two slot. Gotcha. All right. So, but anyway, um, he's like down six to nothing. Mind you, we had eight walks in the first inning. That tells you how my day was going. That's where the top of the first, not in a good mood. Um, and we're out here hitting truck sticks. That's okay. I got some big boys too. Oh my god, that was said. And then beside, and, and he and he's one of these guys that's complaining about every single pitch. Where was that blue? I mean, it was nauseating. And then he comes out, and when he came back, I went over there and talked to him. I was like, hey, I just don't think it'd be a good idea for you to tell your kids to do anything at all to revenge on our players. He's trying to get loud. I said, I'm not getting loud. I'm just talking with me, and you can hear it. I said, it just wouldn't be a good idea. So he didn't do it on purpose. Stop. I says, no. Right. Don't tell your kid. He was like, I got some big boys, too. Oh, God. And he came all the way down from Michigan to say that. Like, they drove from Michigan. I guess they did. It was, that's, that tells you. And they were, I'll put it like this. If I, wasn't that, if I was only that good, there's no way I would get in a car and driving however long it took to get here to play in that tournament. Because there there's some bona fide killers that play in that league. I'm telling you, man, I bet you, I bet you there's five teams in the, every tournament we go to that's better than any, any high, at 15 years old. That's better than any high school kid. Like that Memphis team. Now, we did not see the kid. He did not pitch against us. They have a kid on their team that's 15 years old. Throwing 90. He threw he hit 90 miles an hour on the clock at 15 years old. I mean, that's, that's some ball players. And they're hitting just crushing the baseball. And you can't get mad at your kids, man. Our kids up there going, <laughs> I mean, this guy looks so slow to them. These kids are out there just mauling the baseball. Yeah, there's not much you can do. Yeah, That's you where do. you just call the team meeting. Hey, fellas, just hey, have some fun. We're not winning. Hey, boys. That's how I told them. I was honest with them. I told them, say, hey, sometimes I tell you your best is good enough. <laughs> Today ain't one of those days. <laughs> just don't get killed out there. Just don't get killed. All right. Um, <clears throat> I know you missed it. You sent me a text, but I know you missed it. UFC 290 was this weekend, and you know I'm a big UFC guy. It was. I was aware of it because of all the social media that sort of took off. On was that Saturday night? Saturday night. On Saturday night with Joe Rogan, his handshake with Donald Trump. Yep. And then some of the fighters 
I guess I saw a couple, maybe even the same one. I don't know. After their fights came over to talk to Trump. Yeah. So that was all over social media that I he saw. got a huge, he got a big, a big, uh, I saw him when he Massive. came in. When he came in, they were <laughs> there were a lot of Trump supporters, and there's that's your sport, Neil. Look at there, I got your sport. We got, and he and look, and, and we'll talk about it in a second. But Dana's not politically correct; he'll tell it like it is. You got you got all your people there, man, and the only thing's just a little bloody, little bloody. But it is it's a little violent for me. Uh, I, I I do like I do like Dana White. His answer to the to the in the press conference was fantastic. I watched it 10, 15, 20 times. Did you see what, what, the, what caused that? Did you watch that yes. interaction? Yes. But here, we're going to talk, I want before we get to that part. So, I like to play, use DraftKings, is what I use, and I like to do the fantasy stuff, right? And so... DraftKings, if you're listening, there's a fit here. There's a call coming to you, DraftKings, just letting you know you got a call coming. <clears throat> All right, so... I do. I play golf, play uh, UFC, NASCAR, all that stuff. So I'm driving my hour and a half drive from uh, Oxford to Memphis to Millington to play in this tournament. My son's asleep because it's six thirty in the morning. So I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to do this uh, UFC thing tonight. Let me get on and find a podcast. So I find a UFC podcast. This guy's breaking down all these fights. Right. It's like a. It's perfect. It's a ninety minute long podcast. I got a ninety minute long drive. Okay. This guy breaks down every single fight. I'm talking about hardcore. So I'm just kind of like taking notes, and I'm like, okay, yep, that one, that one, that one. I picked out, because you only pick six in your roster. I had three underdogs, three favorites. I picked them, made my lineup. Then I get there, and I had had some money left, because, you know, you still have to drive to, to Tennessee to do the on your app to right. bet on it. Right. But I'm in Tennessee. I had some money left. So I put a $6, I think it's like $640 something, $6, $6. Fighter parlay, money line, 300 dogs, three favorites, and then a $10 uh, three-person of the last three. Hit them all, Neil. Hit them all. That was $6, one, 404. Six, that's DraftKings calling you. All right. Um, $6, one, 404, and then a 10, one, 120. And then I finished – I can't remember what I finished. I, I was up there. I made uh, made 80, I think, on the on – the, Fantasy stuff off of 16 bucks, dude. How about that? That's great. So I was loving some UFC on Saturday night. It was good stuff, though. The fights were great. Um, the Moreno fight was unbelievable. Um, he broke his arm in the fight, finished the fight. Had two fighters. Hooker breaks his arm, finishes the fight. Um, just tough dudes, man. But it was bloody. It was a really, legitly, really good fights. Um, I know some people don't like all the grappling and all that stuff, but that's kind of part of it i do i enjoy it um especially when you bet on the guy that's taking people down i'm like keep him keep him on the ground do not get knocked out when he's the sixth leg of your sixth parlay oh yeah i'm like yeah keep him on the ground but that no, was good but so afterwards at the the duplessis fight he he beats he wins and so he's in line for a title shot since this wwe takeover you know they've all kind of merged and all that stuff the same company that bought wwe is bought in ufc all right well they're doing this it's like wrestling after the fight they're bringing in the new guy the guy that's gonna be fighting next and they have a showdown like come on man he just like got punched in the face for 25 minutes can you at least give him five minutes before he has to talk shit about the next guy so they bring in the champion into the ring afterwards and he says he's a white guy yep he happens to be from south africa Mm -hmm. but 
The people on Twitter don't know that. Right. They just see him as a white guy. And he says, I'm the real African fighter because Adesanya is from Nigeria, also in the continent of Africa. Africa. Correct. So people on social media see a white guy telling a black guy that he's the real African fighter, well, and they take that as a racial let's undertone. Let's be clear. It's the media, not the social media. It's the media. It's the media so, on social media. It's the media on social media who so desperately want everything to be racial. Yeah. Everything. In the one aspect of life, frankly, that isn't impacted by racism that much. What do you mean, you say? Well, the Denver Nuggets didn't win the NBA title because Nikola Jokic is white. (laughs) They won because the Nuggets were really good. Kobe Bryant wasn't one of the greatest ever because he's black. Nope. Nope. That wasn't it. He just was more talented and was more of a a lion, literally, out there. I mean, he was a beast. Nothing to do with his race, right? You you don't draft like the Major League Baseball draft was yesterday. Guys weren't going, okay, well, you know what? We need probably need to get a Mexican guy here. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Let's get the best available player. Let's get the best players. Because why? Because when you we're about to go into football season, they're going to keep score. They're going to put up a clock. It's going to say 15-0-0. It's going to have QTR. It's going to put one. And both teams are going to start with zero points every time. Every time. You've told me this a couple times. Well, it's one of the beauties of sports, right? (laughs) And the referee is going to call the captains out. They're going to flip a coin. Someone's going to win a toss and defer. And someone's going to kick a ball probably through the end zone because he's going to be all geeked up. And they're going to start first and 10 on the 25-yard line. And when the ball gets snapped, they're going to start the clock. And at no point in that scoreboard did they go, okay, well, we, hey, we probably need to make some amends for this or that. This team's got more white guys or this team's got – no, they don't do any any of that. It's a meritocracy. The best team wins, typically. Yes. Best team on that day wins. Correct. Every day. All day long. It's what makes sports, frankly, fun. GJ said Kendrick Perkins has a question for you, Neil. Yeah, what, and, and Kendrick Perkins made an ass of himself. It was an idiotic thing to say. What did he say? I'd have missed it. He said that Jokic was only winning MVPs because he's white. Oh. And that had nothing to do with it. I got accused by a... Like, like to me, to finish the point, to me, the worst part about doing that was it was so absurdly unfair to Joel Embiid, who was having such a fantastic season for the Philadelphia 76ers, that now when he gets votes, people go, well, is that just because people felt like if they voted for Jokic? No, they voted for Embiid because he was awesome. And in the last two months of the season, he was the best player on earth in a league full of fantastic freaking players. I got accused of being, well, I guess is it a reverse racist? Yeah, I got accused when I was a coach by a white guy that I just recruited black guys. And I tried to explain to him, hey, Bob, I don't give a mm-hmm. shit if they're white, they're black, they're pink, they're purple, they got polka dots coming out their head, horns. Why? Because we get paid, we feed our families by these little things called W's. The scoreboard. The best, that was the best thing about at the college. End of, at the end of the scoreboard. That's the only thing that matters. 
You look up and one team has more points than the other team. And the more times that you have more points, the more likely it is that you'll keep your job. Yeah. The more times that you have less points, the more likely it is that you'll lose your job. So that's idiotic, right? I mean, if, if a coach was idiotic enough to go, hey, you know what? I'm only going to sign black guys, or I'm only going to sign white guys, or at this position, I'm only going to sign black guys. And at this position, no, are you? No, no, no. I, I promise you, the San Antonio Spurs at no point said, hey, here's the reason we're going to take Victor Wimbanyama number one. That cat could be purple <laughs> with green polka dots. And with that skill set, he was going number one. If you, if you can play, man, it doesn't matter. All right. Um, I didn't want to talk about this, but I feel like we got to. <laughs> All right. Well, think about how you. Yeah, go do ahead. It. Let, me, let me tell our people. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I drink AG One by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG One a try because I want a better gut health, sustained energy, immune system support. I don't really like taking the big pills and stuff. I just don't. So I drink AG One every morning. I love knowing I'm doing something good for my body, giving my body the nutrition it craves, covering my nutritional basis. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing each morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality sourced ingredients. It's a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash MPW. That's athleticgreens.com slash MPW. Check it out. All right. You see what's going on up in Chicago at Northwestern? I have. I'm. I'm. Uh, I have been watching. I've been trying to kind of read along a little bit. There's a uh, a new story out today by Chris Vanini um, of the Athletic. His headline is Northwestern has created more of a mess by not revealing investigation details. I'll I'll read you the first two paragraphs for people who are not completely aware. Again, this is Chris Vanini in the Athletic. He writes. Northwestern has to come clean about what it knows and what it doesn't what it doesn't know regarding the hazing and potential sexual misconduct within its football program. This situation is far bigger than just head coach Pat Fitzgerald and his future. It should involve questioning school president Michael Schill and the entire football program. Since Northwestern first released initial punishments and an executive summary of the investigation on Friday, every step of this process has been bizarre and deserves scrutiny. The only way the university can begin to work its way out of this mess and provide true transparency into this very serious situation is to release the investigation into the program. The internal investigation was conducted by highly qualified and surely expensive law firm Errant Fox Schiff and lead investigator Maggie Hickey. It found after months of interviews that the hazing claims were, quote, largely supported by the evidence, end quote, but couldn't point to misconduct by a specific player or coach, according to the summary. While the investigation did not uncover evidence pointing to specific misconduct by any individual football player or coach, participation in or knowledge of the hazing activities was widespread across football players, the summary read. 
So that resulted in a Friday announcement that uh, Fitzgerald would get an unpaid two-week suspension. Um, in response to the lack of punishment, the player who came forward with the allegations then went public to the Daily Northwestern, which is the campus newspaper there at Northwestern, detailing, again, I'm quoting from this article, inhumane hazing such as restraining a player while he was dry-humped by teammates, naked bear crawling, and naked slingshotting with exercise bands. What is that? Slingshotting? I guess you take an exercise band and you oh. pop it. It was reportedly so bad that the player said friends that the player said friends had suicidal tendencies. Uh, on Saturday, the entire football team uh, real supported Fitzgerald, though it should be noted, and it is here, that there were no specific names attached to it. Uh, and then on Sunday, an anonymous current player told ESPN that the ex player whistleblower all along had a plan to get Fitzgerald fired and wanted the coach to quote rot in jail in jail uh kind of goes on and on um Adam Rittenberg has a tweet where he says the former Northwestern player sent ESPN a screenshot of a whiteboard which he says was in the middle of the locker room images headline Shrek's list and includes a list of players names and several bulleted items including naked slingshot and naked bear crawls so as we sit here on Monday afternoon, 2.30 Central Time, the whole thing's kind of up in the air. A few things here. <clears throat> One is Northwestern doesn't have to release shit. It's a private university. Two is I'm tired and, and I'm tired of people taking hot takes without knowing the facts. Just figure out what's going on. Okay, if you if you know the facts, and you want to say something about somebody, say it. But if you don't know the facts, then shut the fuck up. Pisses me off. It's it's been going on for it goes on everywhere. It goes on everywhere. If you don't know, and everybody immediately you take you take a however you want to paint it. It's a disgruntled football player. Yes. However you want to paint it. Yes. You have one side a one sided story. And you have multi-people in the media taking shots of what's going on. Don't know shit. Right. It's, and it's the same ones every time. And it's the same ones that a few years ago. And it's the reason I said this on the Oxford Exxon podcast this morning. I'm not taking a side here. Yeah. I, I don't know. Right. There's enough there. I don't blame the school newspaper for writing the story. You had to write the story. Now, Northwestern has come back and refuted it. They've had an internal investigation. And they've got to figure out what they're going to do. That's up to them. My deal is this. I remember the Duke lacrosse story vividly. And it turned out to be a complete fabrication. You had to send the San Diego State punter. We talked about him. Um, I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment yeah. until I know more. I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I don't know. Just find out the facts before you go I, I will crucifying say, I will say this. Let's say for the yes, Northwestern is a capital J journalism school for sure. It's one of the one of the top job producing journalism schools in the country. Um if your kid is dumb enough to go into journalism, 
and he's serious or she is serious about it, there's a list of schools. It's 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 Missouri, Northwestern, Syracuse, Arizona State, and here lately, Georgia. Other than that, and Ole Miss people hate me for this. Ole Miss people, Ole Miss journalism school people hate me for this, but it, it's the, that's it. If you're serious about journalism, for whatever godforsaken reason at this point, that's your five schools. Go to one of them. Um, but the part that makes me skeptical, okay, I never played college football. I don't know what a college football locker room is like. I played high school football at a big school, so I probably have an idea of a small microcosm of what it might be like. Don't know, whatever. Let's just say for the sake of the argument here that everything that they said in that story happened. The naked bear crawls, the naked slingshots, the forcing the freshman quarterback and the freshman center to do center quarterback exchange naked. Let's just say all of that happened. I'm really cynical and skeptical that that could all happen and nobody would ever talk. Look, there's there are things that go on at every single university in America. At every football program that they don't that don't get the lights turned on to it. Every school. Sure. Okay. And when it comes to hazing, okay, hazing's been around a long time. Now, I've never seen this shit right here. But I played the game. They used to they used I mean, to shave just, our heads, I mean, right? Right, right, right. But let's just I mean, for the sake of it, for, for clarity, let's say that all of those things are true. Just okay, for, if something like that was going to happen, I would beat your ass. Right. Okay. We're right. going to fight. You would. So you would admit that if if that's true, it's it's a big problem. Sure. Yes. But okay. here's the but here's the thing, it, that stuff doesn't go on unless the person wants it to go on. Right. There's nobody tying people down. Hit like a. We're not having a. Uh, what's the metal? What's the marine movie where they hit them? You know, they all the hazing stuff and they hit them with a uh, sock and kill the guy. The freaking uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise movie, Few Good Men. We're not having one of those code red moments here. That, that doesn't happen. All right. The hazing stuff, when we, I mean, we, I remember at Sewell Hall, they would put, they called the ghost of Sewell Hall. They'd take a, they'd take a, a dime and they would hammer it in the, the tire stems if you parked in a senior sp- spot up close to the deal. And your tires go flat. Shave your head. Every every school in America, you know, right. back then. Sure. But like when they were when kids would try to shave kids' heads, we're gonna fight. And you, if you really want to shave their head, you go fight them. But nobody ever did that. But if somebody tried to do something like that, you beat their ass. Like if they're trying to haze me to do that, we're gonna have consequences. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm. That's the reason. So I'm, I, I find that's why I'm it's like why I'm skeptical. Come on. You're telling me that nobody ever went, no, no, that, that's just a bridge too far. Because, like, if you tell me. You can't tell me for all this time that Pat Fitzgerald's been there that this has been going on. Everybody's like, man, that's a, hey, we're bonding. Bullshit. No, 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 no. Bullshit. Uh-huh. I call bullshit. And, and there's no way, in my opinion. So, I mean, to me, I'm, it's the reason I'm cynical of the story. I'm very skeptical. I, I have a suspicion it's been exaggerated. Because if it. If that stuff did happen, if that stuff did happen, I find it very difficult to believe that no player would have ever gone to an assistant coach and said, Coach, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm not doing the naked stuff. I'm not yeah, doing yeah. 
There's no. no way. And so once that happened, the assistant coach would have have to go up the chain to Fitzgerald and said, hey, coach, we got a problem. He wouldn't even have had to go that far. Assistant coach could have stopped it by telling his older guys, hey, we ain't doing that shit. Right, right, right. Hey, but, we ain't doing that shit. And, that, and guess what? It been stopped. But if it – you understand my point, though. Yeah, I just if, – If that happens in the wide receiver room and it happens in the linebacker room and at some point everybody in the program knows about it, at some point Pat Fitzgerald would know about it. So I don't – I'm cynical. Yeah. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying that it, that the person who, who said this is completely lying. I don't – I don't know. But I'll, I watched the – I watched some of the people in my field at the national publications immediately call for someone's head, Dan Wilkin, immediately without having any freaking idea whether the player in question is making this up or not. I don't know. It just And so he all of a sudden off, he goes, man. he should be fired. He should never coach again. Yeah. Wait, hold up. Hold up. If it comes out that it's true, that Pat Fitzgerald knew about this and basically advocated it, and allowed a culture of really creepy shit to happen? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I agree. But what if he didn't? What if he didn't? What if, Dan, we find out that this was a really disgruntled player who badly exaggerated something, got it in print because he was trying to get revenge? Yeah, and that's that can happen anywhere because there, there's – you're always going to have disgruntled players for some reason or another. I mean, if it's just not even they're playing, but you know, and I got, and I'm sitting here and I'm, I was like scrolling through Twitter when I finally plugged back up and I heard Paul Feinbaum on uh Cole's show this morning. I guess Cole had put out a tweet, you know, when he does the kind of the sound bites. Yeah. They were asking, you know, what are the top questions going into the SEC media days? And that's Paul Feinbaum. I, I like Paul a lot. Mm-hmm. He's like, first question you got to ask Kirby Smart is, you know, about their off the field stuff. He's got to address his off-the-field stuff. Why? Why? Why does Kirby Smart have to address his off It ain't nobody's fucking business. It's nobody's business. I don't know, Tyler. I'm not sure that I, I agree with that. But I don't – whose business is it? Because if a kid gets in trouble – let me ask you a question, all right? Okay. You're a business, all right? all right? You have an employee. Employee gets a DUI. Is it the boss's fault because this guy got a – because an employee got a DUI? Do I keep the employee? Yeah. Okay. Does he do it again? I don't know. Okay. So here, here's here's the thing but, at Georgia that's different. That was a pretty well-documented story that Chip Towers did. He got killed for it. But it was really well done about that is a culture of, hey, there's no rep, there's no ramifications. And then it it's escalated to the point that people got killed. People died. And once people die, you have to address the culture, and they have to. But here's my thing: is at every university in America, okay, sure. kids get in trouble, of kids course. get arrested in every of single course. football program on the planet. Of course, we just had one a five star get kicked off here in this town, right? Right. That didn't get covered. The truth never came out about no, that. The truth because never came shit out. gets buried. Right. It gets covered up and it doesn't get out there because they're the national champs and you can't find anything wrong to bitch about their football playing. We got to find something to dig on for. And I just I don't see what's going on there. Two, in my opinion, two, two people died that night. This not even talking about that. It's talking about a whole different issue. But they died with. No, he's the, what they're talking about. Him talking about is the recent stuff that some kid got in trouble for speeding. I don't. Even, it's, I don't even know what the kid did. But some kid got arrested recently. But my point is this: is that you, it goes on everywhere in the on, on the planet, 
every school in America, this goes on. And we're going to pick and choose like, oh, this guy's got to get fired. Well, if he's got to get fired, then everybody got to get fired. Everybody got to get fired. We need to fire every coach in America if all of a sudden we're responsible for what a kid does outside of the program. You're not teaching it because you because the kid has it. You're not teaching the kid to go do stupid shit. You're not. And let me tell you another problem, and we and I've said this before, we start talking about the transfer portal and all that stuff, you can't hold kids accountable anymore either. Right. Because if you hold them accountable and you do what it takes to get after their ass, they they'll quit. Yeah. Because that you can't be their coach anymore. Right. You got to be their friend. That's also a problem. Just so you know. But I don't. I'm not. I'm not in on that. I, I don't. I don't think anybody can talk me into that one. You got any more bills to pay for? Move on. I'm gonna get off that before I get pissed off. <laughs> We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. I was telling the story on the Oxford Exxon podcast. I'll tell it again here today. Um, we went to Nashville to get move a bunch of Campbell stuff. We got back on Sunday the 2nd, late in the afternoon, and the upstairs unit where we are right now was not working. It was about 100 degrees. A little bit of panic. I called the people at Comer, and I'm like, hey, got a problem. On a Sunday evening, they sent somebody out here, checked the unit. Yep, you got a leak. We're going to throw enough coolant in there to cool you off for a couple of days. We're going to get the part. We're going to be right back out. Well, less than 24 hours later, it was all gone again. Obviously, bigger leak than they thought. On the morning of July the 4th, the people from Comer show up in my driveway, 8 a.m., with the, the replacement part. Come up, replace it, two and a half hours, on July the 4th. And they didn't just do it because of me. They would do it for their customers. That's what, they're, that's what they do. That's their customer service. So if you live in the Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo area, you need to get in touch with the people at Comer Heating and Air. If you live in Memphis, South Haven, Horn Lake, Hernando, that area, get in touch with the people at Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, but it's the same great products. It's the same great people. It's the same great services. They've just merged over time. Comer's number 662-801-1777. Uh, the number for Southern, 662-429-4429. Um, yeah, I got to go off this haze and shit before I get, I'm going to end up getting people in trouble. But wait, the, I don't know. I just, mm, anyway. All right. Official visit limits, like we said they would, mm-hmm. got changed from 56 to 70. Okay. So that bumped up. Congratulations to all the recruiting staff. So that's 14 more families you get to host. Uh, effective April 1st, so from April 1st till March 31st next year, 70, which that really is it's gonna, it's like a little dyke boy putting his finger in the, in the dam. It won't help much, but it'll help a little bit. And the 20, uh, the 25, no 25 limit got extended through the 24-25 school year because you remember how they were talking about they we're not going to do it. It's going to be a problem. But here's the thing is we keep kicking the can down the road. Both of these rules are just temporary according to the NCAA. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah. For what? Why is it temporary? Probably because they look at the changing landscape of the sport and just go. They don't know what. I don't they know don't what, know. We it, don't. We don't know. It what does this. tell you they don't know what direction the hell to do. They're just. They're just swing. They're throwing shit on the wall, hoping it sticks. Well, you know me. I'm not one to defend the NCAA, but on this particular case, I'm like, I kind of get it. I, who knows where it's going, right? Are you like in two or three years? Is it, is it going to be privatized? Are they going to become employees? Is are the rules not going to matter? So at this point, for them going, hey, let's make a bunch of new rules and cast them forever for what? I, mean, <laughs> I, I actually I actually give them credit here. They, this is this well, is them, well, here's, this here, is them waving the white flag. Okay, but here's the problem. This is why this these two particular rules they can't do this on. If they decide if they if they decide not to do it, so the twenty four twenty five school year. That's the class of twenty four that that affects. Right. Which is this year's class. Correct. Well, you've already started recruiting next year's class. Of course. <laughs> okay. So if you make a decision to go back and say, hey, we're going to go back to 25, please let them know, like, this fall. Give them some notice. <laughs> Give them some time. Yeah. Don't do it five weeks before signing day. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you completely. <laughs> I just. Just give them some time. I just look at it and go. Nobody knows where any of this is going right now. But I just thought it was they just basically kicked the can in the road. Like for people that want to know the the story that's going to be at Media Days next week that's just going to drive people like me crazy as I'm sitting in the audience, it's going to be all the NIL questions, all the transfer portal questions, all those questions that coaches are going to get, and they're going to have these carefully crafted answers. Why? Because if you tell the truth about what you really feel, which is this transfer rule is bad, if you say that out loud, it's going to get used against you in recruiting because you're anti-player. And so the coaches are going to be like, hey, you know, we, we just want what's best for the players, blah, 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 blah. That's what they're going to say. It's going to, everybody's going to do it, hoping that one coach just goes, you know what, I'll tell you the truth. 
Lane might be that guy, and he won't go till Thursday. So they'll be fishing. All week for you. You going the whole week? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, get some podcast stuff done and do some content. I feel like I, like I kind of need You didn't go. go last year, did you? I did not go last year. Um, but, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. We'll talk about that later in the week. Like, what are the topics for media days? There aren't a ton of them. It's kind of a it's a, it's kind of a dog and pony show. There's going to be a lot of talk about realignment. Um, well, Oklahoma and Texas will not be there, right? No. Well, no. What's funny is there are some media that cover those teams that are going to be there because just doing sto- doing stories and stuff. Um, I'm always interested in Sankey on Monday. I think it's usually the most interesting hour of the entire time. He is good. He's really good, and sometimes he's sometimes he's pretty frank. And open. Sometimes, he'll tell you what he's thinking. Sometimes he's a little more careful, but he, I, I, I think he has some things he'll want to say about TV contracts and streaming contracts and where things are going. And he'll get some big picture questions that he'll give some big picture answers to. And then after that, I mean, there's there's stuff that's interesting, but coaches are usually pretty careful at these things. All right, Neil, got a little we'll play a little game here. All right, so. One of your people on your board got me thinking <clears throat> over vacation. And so in the 30 seconds that I didn't have to chase kids around or dragging them on a boat or, or getting my ass ripped for cussing by my wife, um, I was thinking about this. All right. Job security, head football coach job security in the SEC. Okay. And I was just going back in my lifetime. So that's 1977 was born November of 77, the okay. day Auburn played Georgia. Um, and to now, how many head coaches has Auburn had since 1977 that left on their own accord? Left on their own accord since 1977. I'm talking about Auburn. We're going to go through some schools here. Okay. Um, 1977. If they were already the coach before 77, I counted basically new hires after 77. I don't know who the coach is at Auburn before Pat Dye. I'm pretty good on my Auburn history post Pat Dye. Barfield. See, I don't know that one. Um, Pat Dye got forced out. He did. Terry Bowden got forced out. He did. Uh, Tommy Tuberville was forced out. He did. Uh, Gene Chizik was fired. Um, Gus Malzahn was fired. Um, the last cat was fired fast. Brian Harson. Brian Harson was fired fast. I didn't count current coaches, just the ones and, and like Hugh, not sitting coaches. And Hugh Freeze is there now. I won't count Car- Carnell Williams because he was an interim. Yeah, only guys that really. Bill coached. Oliver was an interim. Yeah. So they've so, had seven head coaches and, that have coached football games, right? And zero of them have left on their own. Okay. All right. Alabama has had eight head coaches in my lifetime. How many of them are left on their own? Uh, this is interesting. So I knew two. I did not know one. Okay, so Bear Bryant left on his own. He retired. He is one. Uh, he was replaced by Ray Perkins. He was. Who left to coach the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is two. Back-to-back. Back. How about that? They were he, hot. He was replaced by Bill Curry, who left forced. Fired. Was he fired? Yeah. He went to Kentucky. Uh, he went. Kentucky, or maybe going to the NFL, I don't remember, but okay. he, he was not uh, welcome. Okay. Remember, because he lost the – he lost the uh, – I didn't know if he left. undefeated. I didn't know if he left before they could fire him. 
Yes. Um, okay, so he was replaced by Gene Stallings, who was forced out. Was forced out. Stallings was replaced. He had probation stuff. Stallings was replaced by um, Dennis Franchoni? Dubose. Oh, Dubose. That's right. Dubose was forced out. Dubose was replaced by Franchoni. Who? Left on his own for there Texas A&M. One of the very few of this in this century in this league that has left on his own. Dubose was replaced by but Mike why did Price. But why did he leave Alabama at the time? Do you remember? Well, he felt like they had lied to him about the NCAA thing. He actually, Yeah, it wasn't like he was just... He he left because he got screwed. See, I was doing talk radio in Alabama Look at, at this you. time. You're I'm, on I'm fire. well aware of, of what was going on because it, it impacted my career uh, dramatically. Yeah, uh, he was replaced by Mike Price, who we know what happened there. Who was replaced by Mike Shula, who we know what happened there. Who was replaced by Nick Saban, who will leave yeah. on his own accord. Yeah. All right, Arkansas. Do you know what I mean? Arkansas said. Oh, I mean, I. I mean, just should you, I go get my hat and no. just do this? Yeah. Um, you don't have to go down the whole list, but you just I let's don't, go. I don't, They've I, had one leave on his own in my lifetime. Who, who Hatfield left for Clemson because oh. uh, him and Broyles did not jihaw. Okay. Texas A and M has had zero coaches in my lifetime leave on their own. Okay. LSU has had eight different head coaches and only one. Nick Saban left to go to the Miami Dolphins. Only one left left on their own. Mm-hmm. The Ole Miss Rebels. Has had nine head coaches in my lifetime. Okay. Uh, I think they are see. tied for the most. Tommy Tuberville left to go to Auburn on yep. his own. You got one more. Uh, gosh almighty. Is it before Tuberville? Yes. Okay. So you're getting, you're getting into the history yeah. and I don't know it. Sloan left oh, to go yeah. to Duke. How about okay. that? That was a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known that one. All right. Mississippi State's had seven head coaches. One. Mullen. Yeah, she didn't use that one. Left, left to go on to his own. Georgia has only had four head coaches in my lifetime, which I think that's the low of the league. And Vince Dooley retired. Yeah, on his own. Missouri has had six in my lifetime. Only one, Gary Pinkle, he retired because of health reasons. Okay. Tennessee has had one in my lifetime. Sir Lane Kiffin. Oh, that's left, right. Left to go to USC. That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to put him on Front Street because he works here now. <laughs> I got some good stories about that. About his year in Knoxville? Yeah. yeah. Got some good ones. Uh, Lance Thompson had me rolling one day telling me some stuff. Yeah, let's just not go there. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Thank you. <laughs> keep you keep you on the air. I, well, I just – I have bills <laughs> keep, to pay. Keep your shit from getting revoked. Yeah, I have I have, I have a family Vanderbilt has had nine head coaches. Jerry DiNardo left for LSU. Go ahead. James Franklin left for uh, Penn State. That's it. Okay. Two. Two. All right. And then Kentucky, which I never, I didn't even know this guy. I was today years old when I learned this guy's name. Okay. So sometime in the 80s, Jerry Claiborne retired. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did not remember him being head coach there. Yeah, I remember Jerry Claiborne because the games would be on WTBS. I, for whatever reason. Jefferson Pollock. Yeah. Game of the week. Yeah. For whatever reason, one of the games that I remember from being a kid was the Peach Bowl. And it was Kentucky and Indiana, yeah, in Atlanta at old. I think that's the last bowl game they won until like Clemson in two thousand six or something like. It was some crazy deal. For whatever reason, I remember that game watching it as a kid in Ruston, Louisiana. Yeah, you'd see Kentucky play the Jefferson Pilot game a lot. Yep, Auburn played in the Peach Bowl at Fulton County Stadium 
against Indiana one time too. Oh. I remember that one. Okay. My point of the drill is this. There's been 101 head coaches in the SEC in my lifetime. Yeah. Okay. Um, and 14 of them have left on their own. And we see how old some of these guys are. And my point, so the point, somebody brought it up and they're like, why do coaches get paid so much money? Why don't they give back to the collective? Because you're going to fire their ass. Yeah. All right. You're just renting the whistle. Yes. So they're, and, hi, they're hired to be fired. Yeah. In my lifetime, each <laughs> school has got on average one, one coach. And we're talking about Bear Bryant in here. We got Vince Dooley in here. Yeah. I mean, think about this. James Franklin, all kidding aside, James Franklin, um, I always skipped over Florida. Florida had one. Steve Spurrier went to the Redskins. Okay. James Franklin. That's the commanders now, please. No, please. well, they're the Redskins, by God, when he played, <laughs> when he went there. All right. But in the in this century, okay, in this century. I loved last week when the Guardians played the Braves or whatever it was. It was like, okay, wait a minute. Was, wait a minute. Just, just saying. Y'all, y'all see this, right? <laughs> what are we doing? All right, James Franklin left for Penn State. Poor old Pat Hughes when the when the Cubs played the Guardians. Pat <laughs> Hughes has been the voice of the Cubs forever, and before that, he was the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. So he's been doing this Major League Baseball thing for a while. He struggled so bad. He's all, going to the Hall of Fame. He's fantastic. He's terrific. I love Pat Hughes, but he kept calling on the Indians, and you could tell after all, he's like, "This is so stupid," you know. <laughs> but in this in this century, we've had four coaches in this league leave for another college job. Mm-hmm. Four in this century. Yeah. So here, out of 101, so here, here's your notice. You're renting the whistle. So all these guys that you love right now, and there were, these coaches, all these coaches, I just and everybody's like, oh, this guy sucks. He's a terrible coach. You don't get the job in the SEC because you're a shitty coach, right? You may have a shitty situation, right? But you don't get get the job because you're a shitty coach. No, there've been 101 of them. That many of them. <laughs> Four. On their own yeah, to like, another college job in, in this century. Most of them are retired. Yeah. Retired for health reasons or whatever. I didn't even count Urban Meyer as, as retired, by the way. He, he got forced out, too. But that's the deal there. You got any, any more you want to pay before we get the last no, part? We're, we're good. All right. Continue on. All right. Last thing. This is all to be fun. Okay. I want to talk about – we're going to get into some football here. Get you get you ready to go and get you mentally prepped. I'm excited to start talking about a little football here. All right. I wrote a lot of football on 10 Weekend Thoughts over the weekend, so I was trying, kind of, trying to get myself into it a little trying bit. Trying to get into it. Here we go. We're going to do the SEC West today. Okay. All right, so SEC West, let's talk about who do we think their most important game of the season is and why. Okay. Okay, so we'll start with Alabama. All right, you got your list over there? You want, you want to go first? Yes, I'll tell you the ones for Alabama that that I put on this list as candidates. Okay. Okay. Um, Texas at home, Tennessee at home, LSU at home. Tells you something about Alabama that the three games that really stick out in my mind are all home games. Um, I I will say that we will know a whole hell of a lot about Alabama after the Texas game. September 9th, I think. Yep, second game of the season. Last year, that game was super close. It was one of the best games of the year in Austin. Alabama won it on a field goal at the end, but that was a game that for moments there in the fourth quarter, it looked like Texas was going to win that game. I have Texas being the most important football game uh, for Alabama as well. And here's why. I think Alabama, anytime you're at Alabama, there's one goal, and it's to win it all. I think if you if you go in – and lose to Texas, and you start out second game of the season at home, you have a home loss to Texas, 
and you, that means you got to run the SEC, the whole SEC, undefeated yeah. in order to get in the playoff. Yeah, tough to do. So to meet the goals of the team, I think starting mm-hmm. off and giving yourself a one-game breather in the SEC because you've got to play LSU, you got to play Tennessee, you got to play A&M, all that stuff, and you're probably going to play Georgia on the other side at the end if, to win it. Yeah, that's why I think Texas, without question, um, I think they're going to be good. I think they gave them fits last year. Um, and it's an interesting game. I want to see – and we'll talk about it obviously when it gets here. There's going to be some big adjustments that he's going to make in the coverage on the back end um, against against uh, Texas. And Texas has got a lot coming back, but so does Alabama. So I think, uh, in my mind, Texas is the most important game. All right. Let's go to your, your favorite team. Your home, your homeboys, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh, they're my homeboys. Okay, yeah. all right, gotcha. Arkansas, who you, who you got as the most important home game, most important game period? Excuse me for the Arkansas Razorbacks this fall. Texas A and M. Dude, where, where you, did you read my list? I did not. Texas A and M. Here's why: because Arkansas is going to be three and one that day. They're going to beat Western Carolina. They're going to beat Kent State, and they're going to beat BYU at home. I know everybody's going to do the BYU thing. Arkansas is going to beat BYU. Arkansas is going to lose in Baton Rouge. And they're going to play Texas A&M in a game that is typically super close. Before I became a Giant fan, I didn't know this. (laughs) I'm kidding. I didn't know, honestly, before my girls started going there, how big of a game that was at the U of A. I just didn't think about it. University of Alabama? Yeah. I didn't know how big it was. Like they basically shut school down on Friday in Fayetteville and all the kids go to Dallas. It's giant party, huge alumni base in Dallas, all that stuff. And they fill that play. It's big. It's a big, big, big game. And this, the football team, even when they've sucked the Chad Morse year, when Arkansas was bad, they played a and M to the fourth quarter. Yeah. Beat them the next year. And then, just about beat them last year. Uh, Caroline's friend missed the field goal that probably would have won the game. Um, was she still hurt his friend? She she is very defensive of that. So yes, that, yeah, you don't you don't talk about that. Um, but I I think this is the big game for them um, because if you look at their schedule, if they could find a way to beat A and M, they get a free shot kind of against Ole Miss, and then they get they got to go to Alabama. That's a loss. But the rest of their schedule is not too terribly bad, right? They they finish. Mississippi State at home at Florida. I'm not high on Florida at all. They get Auburn at home, FIU, Missouri at home. They could finish with a flourish if they could win enough early to make it worthwhile. Agree, uh, and that's why I'm I'm that's why I asked you if you saw my list. I also have uh, Texas A&M being the biggest game of the year, but because they need momentum, okay. Yep. I, I don't think they're going to beat LSU. Nope. Um, you know, we'll we'll know a little bit more by then. If you just told me right now, I wouldn't wouldn't see them beating LSU. The other big game for them, it's it's a bigger game for Ole Miss, but the Arkansas Ole Miss game's a big. And game. it's the next week, right? Yeah, you got to come in here with some momentum. You get and you don't want to you don't want to lose the A and M game, lose the Ole Miss game, and then have to go to Alabama. Yeah, right. That could set up all kinds of issues. It can make it where it's hard. They because you get out out of that, and then you you come home. You got Mississippi State, then you get an open date. So yeah, I mean, look, I've called the coaches, and we've talked a lot about it. So it's it's going to be okay. All right. Let's talk about my Auburn Tigers. Yeah. War Eagle. War Eagle. All right, Grind. All right, you want to go ahead? Who you got? Who you got them as the most important game? So I put two games on it. Um, 
One was I had I had Auburn and Arkansas, but I think that's bigger for Arkansas than it is Auburn. For Auburn, and I'm making this sure I've got the schedule correct because I'd looked at it. I think the big game for them, the one that is going to probably define what happens with this first season. Ole Miss fans aren't going to like this. I, I, I think it's that Ole Miss game on October 21st. Dude, you know because what? here's why. Here's why. I, I think Auburn's going to start realistically with three and two. They're, they're going to beat Massachusetts. Uh, they're going to beat Mercer, uh, Cal, and they're going to beat Samford. I don't think they're winning a college station, and they're not beating Georgia. And they're not beating LSU in Baton Rouge. So they're three and three. If you beat Ole Miss, well, you're four and three with Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, New Mexico State coming up. You might not win all those, but you could win a bunch of them. You could get momentum. On the flip side, you lose to Ole Miss to go three and four. You turn around, you play Mississippi State, you don't have a hell of a lot of momentum going. And you're going to laugh at me here. You let you let the slide start. First-year coach, transition, not his dudes, right? Let this, and that's not really the Hugh Freeze way, which is why I would bet against this scenario. Yeah. But let the L's pile up. That game at Vanderbilt, November the 4th, suddenly becomes a lookout. You better be aware because suddenly Vanderbilt goes, we're going to circle this one. And my guy's a good coach there. It's your brother. I also, I'm, I'm starting to think you got me, you're still on my list over here, but you didn't because you didn't have it. I just remember I didn't send it to you. I also have Ole Miss as the biggest game for the a lot of the same reasons you just said. They have to – Hugh's going to win games he's not supposed to, which I almost put the Texas A&M game, but I didn't. Yeah, I just don't think so. Because I think they're going to lose Georgia and LSU anyway. So, he if he beats Ole Miss and then turn around and beats Mississippi State, he's going to go beat Vanderbilt, and then he's got to go to – I mean, he's got a chance, like you said, to roll off some games here. And, you know, you get a confident team. Don't let them go – Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, New Mexico State, and then all of a sudden he's got them believing. Oh, yeah. And then they host Alabama. Yeah, and then it's crazy there. And who knows, right? Exactly. Because I've been in that game. You get some momentum. If he can create some if – yeah. that's why I think it's the most important game. If he can win that game, first-year head coach. And look, people can say what they want to about the guy. He can coach shit out of football. And of he course. can motivate the kids. Absolutely. And he's the best motivator I've ever been around. And he gets those guys believing, and they start going, okay, look, by God, we got – we got Ole Miss. We got State. We got Vandy. You can find a way late November. Who knows what's going on with injuries by then? And, and sure. And you go to Arkansas and win. You sure. got New Mexico State. Absolutely. Jordan Hare Stadium will be a zoo. Yeah. When Alabama rolls. No, down. it's a fulcrum game because, like, you know, you're exactly right. And the flip side of that could be true where you lose to Ole Miss and guys go, this isn't going to happen. And then, you know, Mississippi State comes in with the experienced quarterback and. They get you, and then you go to Vanderbilt, and all of a sudden, you know what I mean? I mean, that happens too. Yeah. First-year coaches. That's So, yeah, it's a fulcrum game, no doubt. All right, the Rebels, the Ole Miss Rebels. Who do you got them being the biggest game of the season? To me, it's simple. It's the easiest? easiest. It's so simple. It's hard. <laughs> to me, it's LSU at home. Really? Yep. My, I, here's, I, I, here's, we're here's different why, here. Go here's ahead. why. Here's why. There's an expectation that Lane has created that they're going to be really good. 
Wayne talks about competing for championships, getting to Atlanta, playing for the national championship, playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. And frankly, two years in a row, he has lived up to it. I know they finished badly, but they were 8-1. They were 8-1 and one in it in the fourth quarter against Alabama. To be 8-1 and one and in it in the fourth quarter at Georgia, they got to beat LSU. Because if, if, they, if they lose to Alabama there, and I think you have to predict that they probably will, because teams just don't go into Tuscaloosa and go, hey, here we go. <laughs> Nobody goes, hey, we got Alabama this week. Just, here we go. I mean, I'm not saying you can't, but it's going to be hard. If you lose to LSU the next week, all these new guys, new system, people look around and go, well, that's two SEC losses. We're not, we're not going to Atlanta. What are we doing? Well, last year when Atlanta got off the table, they fell apart. And you can put it on the Auburn thing and all that. I don't know. I'm not, I've talked to enough players to go, I don't know that that's what it was. I think a lot of it was, no, we, the whole season was about getting to Atlanta. And when that fell off the table, we took our foot off the gas a little bit and we got beat. That's what I heard talking to players. Jared Ivey said it on the show. So <laughs> believe who you want to believe. Um, Not true, Neil. So if you lose to LSU, suddenly you go into that next week against Arkansas and then two weeks later against Auburn. And yeah, you're playing, but you're not playing for that anymore. And any internal stuff starts to pop up. And I just believe this isn't about Ole Miss. This isn't about Lane Kiffin. I believe this about any school that's heavy in the portal. I think it's one of the reasons you see Ole Miss going heavier with high school kids right now. Any school that's heavy in the portal, as long as you win, it's fine. When you lose, it gets fragmented. That's what I believe. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm <laughs> you wrong. You ain't wrong, Neil. But so if you if you beat LSU, well, you look up and you go, hey, hey, we got a shot here. Because if you look at the rest of their schedule, it's Arkansas at home, then you get an open date. So if you beat Arkansas, you get an open date, go to Auburn and win. You come back, you play Vanderbilt, you get Texas A&M at home. You look up and you're like, hey, because by then Alabama's had to play some other games, right? Alabama and LSU have to play each other. Someone's going to lose. You, you're in it. You're in it. You got it. You're going to have to go to Georgia and do something, but you're in it. You're in it. You're alive. So to me, that's their big game because I think if they lose to Alabama and then lose to LSU, I think that next week for them with Arkansas gets weird. Like, I think that becomes a real dangerous game. And you lose That's that, already a dangerous game. You lose that one, and then you go to Auburn and lose? Oof. It's weird fast. Knowing Georgia's still on the schedule, A&M's still on the schedule. You got to go to Mississippi State. You've been involved in that rivalry. It's different when you I've play heard. there. <laughs> um, yeah, stuff you happens. You can't lose your job there, I heard. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's just a lot. So, to me, it's LSU. For the first time, Neil, we are different. Okay. Who I think their most important game is against the Auburn Tigers. Okay. I think it's the biggest game for Auburn, and I think it's the biggest game for Ole Miss. Why do I think it's the biggest game for Ole Miss? Because Ole Miss could be 3-3 three and three going to that game. They could be 6-0. and oh. It does not matter. Am I, am I, with two different staffs here, my experience with the lovely fans we have here in Oxford, Mississippi, if he could be undefeated and go to Jordan-Hare Stadium and lose that game, shit's going to get hot around here, boss. It, it, it's going it to get hot. It would get rough, but yeah. It's going to get hot. We both know it. It's yeah. going to be toxic hot. Like, that's bigger than the Egg Bowl this year. Oh. 
he I would think he, you're right. He should beat Auburn and lose the state, and he would be everybody would be like, oh man, hey, good, great year. Well, I guarantee you lose you, you lose to Auburn. I guarantee you, if you told him, hey, the football gods dropped into Lane Kiffin's place and wherever he is right now, and said, hey, real quick, make a call. You either get to beat Auburn or Mississippi State. Auburn. He wouldn't even think twice about it. It would be. I think the only way that he might pick something over Auburn is if someone Alabama. Came, yeah, that's it. He'd say if, if he had a chance to beat Alabama, but that meant he had to lose to Auburn. I think he'd take it. Anything else? Mm-mm. Lane Kiffin loses the Auburn game. These fans around here will burn this shit down. It, it, it would depend on the. You know I'm right. It would de- <laughs> it would depend on the scenario. Like in a in a Not world, really. It would get it would get rough. <laughs> Not really. If Hugh wins that game, is he going to be obnoxious about it? No. No, he's not like that. Okay. Privately, he may, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He, yeah. No, he he wouldn't. Um, it's a big game, though. It's yeah. a big game. I, I'm, I'm with you. And you got – here's the thing that's dangerous about those kind of games is you got Lane Kiffin going to Auburn. None of these kids here on this team have anything to do with Hugh Freeze. Right. But you got a whole team over there that want to win for their head coach because he knows how much it means for them. Yeah. And it's at home. That could be a that could be a sneaky little thing. But let me tell you something: if that happens, I'm going on vacation. <laughs> I'm going on vacation. I'm not. This place will be so so toxic. Well, you might just have to call me and tell me where you are because I might I might bring <laughs> gonna, the beer. You gonna come with me? I'll bring the beer. Um, could you imagine? Uh, what's the call? You know, a call-in show after that game? Oh yeah, that thing will go to about four in the morning. Be all kinds of drunk. I'll be like, hey Chase, that's enjoy. But. You got to, um, but that and being serious, that's the big game, and then for the other reasons too. But you know, I think uh, I'm not as I'm not as convinced that Ole Miss is going to beat LSU. I think if you just told me flat out, like if besides that, if it wasn't as that game going to be toxic, with all the rumors of him going taking the job, right? The Hugh stuff, all that stuff. I would have told you the Arkansas game is is big because I think they're going to lose two in a row to Alabama and LSU. Yeah, you don't want to lose a third game going into a bye week. And then having to go on the road in oh, SEC, no. No, no. playing that game, right? So I would say, with Texas A and M, Georgia, but that, and, and Mississippi State, but still that on Arkansas, schedule. Ole Miss, that bye week before the before the bye week, that Arkansas game, and that Auburn game, yep. And no, and let's just be honest. Now I don't have rose colored glasses. I'm not a fan. Either one of those games could go either way. Sure, you could win them both. You could split them, or you could, you could go zero and two. One hundred percent. That's why I did be- goes, I, I did best case, worst case for Ole Miss in my 10-weekend thoughts yeah. for rebelgrove.com. And look, I had best case at 10-2. Damn. And I, and I had worst case at 5-7. and seven. Who'd you have them losing to at 10-2, LSU and Alabama? Yeah. No, no, no. Georgia? I had, and I had at Alabama at Georgia. For the record, I think, LSU, I, I think LSU's a better team than Alabama this year. But going to Tuscaloosa is a real challenge. I think it's... We'll talk about the SEC West later. I think Alabama's getting getting shit on a lot because people don't know who their quarterback's going to be. That's what it but is. But they forget. Well, some of it is that this. those other twenty one some bitches. Yeah, pretty damn good. Well, that's not it with me. With me, it's I, I actually think LSU's that good, and but, I, I could end up being wrong. I just that's what I think. I think LSU's going to be really dynamic on defense. Yeah, that's going to be. But that game right there, woo, October twenty first. I don't look. That's a hell of a week, by the way. And uh, there's like a lot of big games. Is that when LSU and Alabama play? I think I know it's the, no, it's the third Saturday in October. I think I think it's Alabama Tennessee. 
Okay. It's a big, know. it's a big week. Okay. Anyway. All right. Um, Mississippi State. Who you got? So I had three. And they're all kind of different. Um, I think their game at South Carolina is a barometer. I think their game against Kentucky at home is a barometer. And just knowing Mississippi State, how they approach every season, it's the old Miss game. Yeah, I got them at South going to South Carolina. I think that's a game that's going on. It's their second SEC game. They play. They got LSU at home. Open up. It's going to be tough. All right. I don't care where they play. But going to South Carolina, and then you got that. You got that South Carolina game sandwiched between LSU and Alabama. Yeah. Which you're probably not going to win either one of those. Right. But you can't go. Again, we we'll go back to, you know, momentum and all that stuff. It's going to be. It's very hard to lose three games in a row. Now they got Western Michigan coming in to start well after that. Then they got Arkansas, then Auburn, Kentucky. So they roll some things out. I don't like their schedule. Dude. I, I don't like Let it. me tell you what game I don't like on their schedule. You're going to laugh at me? Arizona? No. Who? Southern Miss, man. Oh, late in yeah. the season. Oh, I know. Dude, Will Hall's doing a job now. He's recruiting some kids. He's going to have some players. So they, they open with Southeastern Louisiana and Arizona. Then they get LSU at home. They got to go to South Carolina. Big I, game. I think South Carolina's good. I do too. Um, they got Alabama at home. It's a loss. They get Western Michigan at home. Then they get an open date. They got to go to Fayetteville. That'll be KJ Jefferson's last game against the Mississippi team. Um, they got to go to Auburn. They get Kentucky at home. They got to go to A and M. They get Southern Miss. Woof. That's the one. God, and then wait. and then Ole Miss five days later. But you don't think Will's going to have that thing circled, starred, italicized, squared? Mississippi State's kind of in the Florida enigma, enigma, enigma. I'm so curious because I think they can be really good, and I think they can be not so good, and it's all going to depend. Because look, people are like thinking there's going to be some kind of mass offensive drop off. This cat they got from App State can coach now. Oh yeah. All right, so sure, you know, and Zach Arnett didn't get the job because he's a shitty defensive coach. All right, he's really good, and they got they got good players. Um, I'm interested to see what it looks like. I think they could, I think they could be better, but they, in order for them to do that, they have to go to, they have to win at South Carolina because you can't go lose three in a row early in the season with a new right. coach because it's the same thing, man. Fans are toxic. You got a new coach, you just drop the first three games in the league. It's mm-hmm. not starting off good. Nope. And so I think that's why that's important. All right, LSU, who you got? Two of them, two games. The okay. first one, Florida State and Orlando. That's a big game. They lost it last year. Probably stopped them from having a ton of momentum. Uh, if they win it this year, I think they get a ton of momentum going where they get dangerous. And if that happens and I'm right, they're undefeated when they go to Alabama. LSU's most important game of the season is week number one yep. against the Florida State Seminoles. Yep. They have national championship aspirations, the same reason that the Texas game is important to Alabama. Um, I'll go Captain Hot Take on you right here. Whoever whoever uh, wins that game okay. is probably going to have a better – if Florida State wins that game, Florida State's going to be in the – they'll be in a college football playoff. Oh, if you tell me it's a national quarterfinal in week one, I'll buy it. It is. It's a, it is a yep. 12-team playoff, whatever you want to call it. It's a, it's a college football next year. You're getting a preview of it. I think they're. I think Florida State's the real deal. I think LSU's the real deal. But the same reason LSU can't go and you know 
drop that one to Florida State, then have to go play Alabama, and then turn around and have to play Georgia in the SEC championship game to win to get in. So I think it's a uh, I think it's a really important game. GJ says he thinks the LSU destroys Florida State. You know, I I don't I don't know, man. I I, I think I don't know that I disagree. I'm telling I'm 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 high on. Don't get me wrong. This might be the team that I look. Everybody's throwing it at me the rest of the year and going, "Oh, you're an LSU fan or whatever." At which point I'm like, "How many teams am I a fan of? I, I got we got to give me some counts." But but I I I. I think LSU is going to be really good. Yeah, I just I think Florida State is too. It's going to be a damn game, a show. All right, last one, Texas A&M. Who you got? I, I, I think it's Arkansas. I looked at that. They have to win it. They have to. If they um, if they don't if they don't immediately right we we start doing the whole here they go again and it gets it going and and the media starts up the the Jimbo's in trouble stuff and 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 all that um i mean i'm 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 pulling up their schedules to make sure i got sure. it right here so let me, we're really close to the same right here and i'll go ahead while you're looking that up i got it pulled I got up it. i got it all right i think it's alabama which is the next week after arkansas okay okay and this is why i said that so they open with for those they open with new mexico then they go to miami they uh they have to play louisiana monroe um then they play auburn then they go Arkansas. Here's their. This is what's interesting. Oof. This is, it's Arkansas, and here's why: if they lose to Arkansas, all hell breaks out. And you turn around after that, and you got Alabama there. Got to go to Tennessee. Get South Carolina there. Got to go to Ole Miss. It gets weird on you. If they beat Arkansas, even if they lose to Alabama, they can recover Here, from, a, from a from a keep the heat off standpoint. We're we're right on the same line. The only reason I said Alabama is I said okay, I think they'll beat Arkansas, and then they're undefeated. You got Alabama coming into College Station. If they win that game, if they can beat Alabama again in College Station, oh. like they did, then all bets are off. Then all the pressure's off. They get they get dangerous. You know, but all the all the oh, yeah, fire yeah, Jimbo. Yeah. Oh all yeah, that that's stuff, over. That's over. No, I mean, look, if 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 if, but they, if you lose, if they if they were to beat Arkansas and then beat Alabama at home, I mean, you they there's not another game that you go, oh, that's not doable. I mean, until maybe at LSU at the end of the year. Yeah, I think they become a serious team, and I, and but like you said, if they if they drop Arkansas and then drop Alabama and then have to go to Tennessee, it's gonna get rough quick. Yeah, it's, it's for me. It's that Arkansas game. If you told me the score of that game, I can probably tell you a whole lot about two teams. What game did we say that about last year? And that was the, it was the, uh, uh, Kentucky Ole Miss game. Remember we said that? We yeah. <laughs> well, and it did for a while. Well, they both ended up about seven five, right? Yeah. Eight five. Eight, eight. Ole Miss went eight and four. They went seven. Yeah. That was that felt like a big game. It's, it's the part of the league that like Texas and Oklahoma are in for the shock. This yep. is this is the, the the part that's the shock is that you take a, a team like Texas A and M, and I can get you a scenario where they're ten and two, eleven and one, pretty realistically, and then I can turn around on the next breath and go, well, what if they lose to Auburn? Or what if they lost to Arkansas? What if they lost to both? They could happen before, and then. Get Alabama, then you got to go to Tennessee, and then South Carolina comes in with Spencer Rattler playing well, and all of a sudden you look up and you're in trouble. 
I mean, he's fired and it's all chaos. And both of those scenarios, kind of realistic. Yeah, no. Very quickly can get could get ugly. It can just get so squirrely for anybody so fast. You can't. You. We did this for like that. To me, it's the fascinating part of the SEC almost every year, but this year in particular, with the exception of Georgia, who I don't think there's a scenario where it gets squirrely for Georgia. For every other team, even including Alabama, I can paint a scenario where it gets squirrely. What is squirrely for Alabama, in your opinion? Well, it's not anything. It's just where you're not playing for what you're used to playing for. Who can beat Alabama? Okay, I'll give you a scenario. Here we go. They lose to Texas. Okay, almost lost to them last year. Beats South Florida. For this scenario, let's say they lose to uh, Ole Miss at home. You got two losses already, including one in the league. You beat Mississippi State. We just talked about A&M. Let's say they go to College Station and lose. You got two SEC losses already, middle of first part of October. Beat Arkansas at home. Um, I'll even let them beat Tennessee. Lose to, L- <laughs> lose to LSU. You can lose to LSU. Now you got three SEC losses. You're not going to the title game. You got to go to Kentucky. You're a little flat. Probably win anyway. Chattanooga's a win. Then let's say that the Auburn scenario you painted earlier comes true. And Auburn's on a roll. They beat Ole Miss. They they went to Fayetteville and won. They're hot, fired up. Jordan Hare's nutty. Alabama's playing for the right to go to the whatever bowl you go to with three losses. <laughs> whatever bowl you go to with three Hang on, I want to look at something. So Alabama's Alabama's playing for the Outback Bowl. Auburn's playing for the championship of the free world at that moment. Yeah, so you go eight and four. At at Alabama, eight and four is a disaster. All right. I wanted to look trying to find this. Hang on. All right. So when was the last time that Nick Saban, not counting his first year, at Alabama, when was the last time a Nick Saban team went eight and four? Was it not the, being in your first year? Was it the year at LSU where they lost to UAB? Was that a first year? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I would guess it hadn't happened, but now this reminds me of, of two thousand two. Okay. They went to the they went were second in the West at LSU. They went eight and four in a regular season and lost to the Cotton Bowl. Okay. This reminds me of the scene in uh won the national championship next year. For love of the game. Where he's late. Okay. He's he's late and he's yeah. in the bullpen and the manager comes up to him and goes, You're late. And he says, Do you think I wasn't going to show? Have I ever not showed? And the manager says, astutely. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody says that until they don't show. So the fact that it's never happened doesn't mean that it can't happen. How many years since he's been in Alabama has he lost? Not counting the first year. We're not counting that one. Okay. Since since 2008, how many years has he lost three SEC games? One. One time. 2010, which he told me was the best football team he ever coached. <laughs> it had everybody back. Yeah. They lost to South Carolina, Auburn won national championship that year, and LSU okay. in one of the games of the centuries. But again, I mean, something not being likely doesn't mean it's impossible. And in this league, I just don't rule out anything. 
Do I think Alabama's going eight and four, Tyler? I don't. Yeah. But if you're asking me to paint a scenario that's not completely unrealistic where it happens, I can do it. When was the last time he didn't win double digit games at Alabama? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. First year? Oh, is that right? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before. 12 and 2, 14 and 0, 10 and 3, 10 and 3 uh, in 2010, 12 and 1, 13 and 1, 11 and 2, 12 and 2, 14 and 1, 14 and 1, 13 and 1, 14 and 1, 11 and 2, 13 and 0, 13 and 2, 11 and 2. History will reflect on this era and go, oh my God. It's really, dude. It's remarkable. Like, the only thing that could possibly happen that will that will mute it a little bit is if this is the beginning of something at Georgia. And it could be. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty damn good. But like yeah. but here's the thing though, is even when Georgia hasn't been like even when Nick Saban's been there. Yeah. I mean, people forget like Mark Rick. The guy that was there before him, he pretty won. damn good too. He now, won. yeah, no, he did. he got fired by the way after winning ten football games. Well, Mark Rick was a weird Notre Dame. No, who did who did Georgia lose to when they would have played Notre Dame for the title and, and won? Was it Alabama? They lost to Alabama. I mean that crazy game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean it was if they win that game, Mark Rick back wins to back it. years in the SEC championship game. Mark Rick wins the national title if that happens. Yeah, and then totally AJ hit Amari Cooper down the sideline. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, it's Georgia's been good. I mean, that's people don't realize that they've been pretty damn good for a while. Um, but, dude, uh, that's that's impressive, man. Oh, it's 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 more than impressive. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, uh, thanks to everybody for being back with us. Uh, we always tell each other we're not going to go long, and then we go long. Um, so we'll try to try to go shorter next time. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another edition of the show. And then next week will be probably nothing because I'll be in Nashville and then we'll be back for good. After that, we'll be back rolling. So I'll be back with you on Thursday. We'll preview some SEC Media Day storylines and other things. Uh, again, our thanks to uh, the people at Rain for entrusting their product with us. It's Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For Tyler, I'm Neil. Until Thursday, take care. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com